The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. Every sports media star has a story. From the highs... We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. <laughs> to the lows... You're fired! The path to success is always different. To help you learn more about the industry's top broadcasters, Barrett Sports Media brings you the Sports Talkers Podcast. Now, here's your host... Steven Strong. Fun one today. Welcome into the Sports Talkers Podcast. Steven Strong here at BarrettSportsMedia.com. Hope everyone is doing well. We have Christmas and Hanukkah right around the corner. Today, we've got the radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. And listen, if you are a Viking fan, you, you know who Paul Allen is, but pretty much went nuclear. Uh, broke open Twitter a couple of weeks ago, probably three or four now after the Vikings beat the Bills in that wild, wild finish, and they had a camera installed into that radio booth, and you saw Paul Allen just on this uh, roller coaster of emotions where he's calling the Bills lucky suckers. He is then uh, filled with joy as Josh Allen fumbles a snap. So it's right off uh, a pretty <laughs> intense moment in his life, and we talk a little bit about that. We also talk about his journey and being dead broke uh, around 30 years old, not knowing what is going to be next. And it's just crazy how some people have an ascension at different points in their career. So PA was phenomenal in this. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to him. Just a character. I mean, he is just an absolute character. It got uh, an absolutely amazing voice with the crescendos, the ups, the downs. You'll, you'll hear a little bit of it. He doesn't just do Vikes. He also does horse racing as well and then hosts uh, on a K-Fan 9 to Noon show that he's been doing for uh, Lord knows how long. But um, we will get to PA in just a second here. As always, make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the Sports Talkers podcast on Apple, Spotify, or everywhere, Google Podcasts, Amazon. Make sure to check out the site. And without further ado, let's get PA on the mic. All right. Let's talk your journey here. You've got a really awesome story. Let me just first start here. What did you know about broadcasting in sports uh, growing up uh, as a kid? Great question. Um, well, I'm 56 years of age. I'm from Washington, D.C., and I've lived all over the country and quite honestly the world. But um, when we go back to uh, to my days just outside of Washington, D.C., um, uh, living with my single mom, uh, in private Hill apartments. So I'm ages, let's say 10, 11, 12, 13. Um, I, I was the kid that would, you know, the Redskins at the time, I was the kid that would like mess around with play by play off TV for my mom, either with like the Washington bullets at that time or the Redskins. We lived by a racetrack called Rosecroft Raceway and, um, and the balcony to our apartment actually faced that racetrack. So, I saw the lights of the racetrack every single night I went to bed. I've been a racetrack announcer for, um, you know, for 30 years. Mm. And, um, and I could hear the announcer from, from my room. And um, harness racing is different than thoroughbred racing, you know, which I've done for three decades. But I, I would hear eight, nine, ten times, four nights a week, here they come and there they go. So then my mom would take me to Rosecroft and I got a chance to meet the announcer. And, um, and that, that's kind of how I got bit with that. All right. You're 16, 17, 18 years old. I know everyone talks about what do you want to do in your life? And you're like, yo, I'm 17, 18 years old. I have no idea what I want to do, uh, especially if you're still playing sports. What was, I guess, the PA plan uh, graduating from high school? 
Well, I had no plan, and um, and I did not go to college. Um, I went to college was not for me. Uh, the 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 general ed, the the English, you know, English obviously is very important, but I mean, like science and math and and things like that just never were for me. I just never embraced it or got it or enjoyed it. So I went to Pasadena City College for five years, and while I was there. Um, I, I took part in the drama team. So, you know, we, we did a lot of, we did skits and we did shows and, you know, it was a performance. Did you always have the voice? Um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I can't remember what my voice was like when I was 16 to let's say 30, but I mean, as you know, or as you are learning, the, the more reps you get and the more confident you get and, you know, given um, God's put me in a position since I got to Minnesota in 1998, where I've had a five day a week radio show. Uh, I've been a racetrack announcer for three and a half months every single year since 98 and started calling Vikings games in 02. So, you know, I have put stress on my voice over the years to, in essence, develop the resonance. But that, you know, that that's just one part of it. And um, and they're just also unique the uniquely different, uh, mm. but horse racing, announcing, and they're racing, da-da-da, da-da-da. Now they come to the top of the stretch inside the final furlong, down to the wire, boom. Each race requires a building of crescendo. Yep. Well, each National Football League play requires a building of crescendo. Now, not, not every race is exciting. Uh, not every play is exciting. So sometimes it can be Cousins takes the snap, hands it to Dalvin Cook, goes to the left side. Ooh, taken down. It's a loss of one second and 11. You know, but then some can be these big plays that require a crescendo. So, you know, I went to um, I went to junior college for five years. And um, then I, I got into newspaper writing mm-hmm. at the Pasadena Star News and San Gabriel Valley uh, Tribune. What and, were you covering? Uh, at, as a part-timer for USA Today. I was... Um, I did horse racing and high school sports. So I got the opportunity occasionally to like cover a Lakers game or a Clippers game or a then California angels game. Um, so I knew I liked, I knew I liked being around high, high level athletes. Sure. And, you know, I just, I had reverence for what they were doing and kind of how they got there uh, from a newspaper writing standpoint. I spent a lot of time on the, uh, on the editing desk. So people would send their stories in and I was taught to cut them while, you know, you, you don't want to take away the essence of what the writer has given you, but you, you want to tighten Condense it and make it more pithy. Exactly. So therefore uh, at a very young age or in my early twenties, I learned the importance of the English language and I learned the importance of syntax and I learned the importance of not speaking in non-essential clauses and certainly prepositional phrases and, and, and I'm not a reader. I don't enjoy reading books. I listen to a lot of stuff like, like I listen to the Bible on my phone and I listen to a lot of YouTube related stuff. So I'm always regenerating sure. ways to describe things. And, and I think I got bit with that when, when I worked in the newspaper business, but, um, but from there that went to racetrack announcing, that was a different level of performance. My mid thirties, man. I mean, I'm dead broke. You know, I'm I'm about 25 years ago, 23 years ago. I was dead broke, traveling around the country, calling races, Minnesota, Grand Island, Nebraska, San Francisco, and uh, then I landed at K Fan in 1998. Got the Vikings job in 02, and uh, here we are in 2022. 
Unbelievable. What'd you feel like you had that others didn't on why you were able to succeed and get that job? Um, you know, I think, um, that's a wonderful, wonderful question, Stephen. Uh, I've never been asked that. Um, you know, I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer and or fan when people ask me questions like that to, to, to really defer to those who hired me or those who listen to me or those who follow me. It's tough for me to say, I mean, I guess the answer would be is that, is that the lines are long and these jobs are hard to find. And they've really, really become harder to find the farther along we've gone to 2022. You know, like I've worked in talk radio for a quarter century. Well, you know, at, at KFAN in Minneapolis, we have a lot of music stations in our same building, yep. uh, iHeartMedia. But, but those music stations don't have actual on-site DJs every single shift because they can do something called voice tracking. So in other words, say I have an afternoon show on KDWB, which plays like the current hits. Well, if you're paying me 110 grand and my ratings are okay, not great, not bad. Well, why would I do that when I can pay Steven 35 grand to voice track five stations? This one and those around four around the country. Sure. So voice tracking, you know, has, has really impacted that form of the radio world. Uh, but for me, now that I think about it and look back, you know, my, my, my work ethic has always been strong. Yep. Um, I dedicate myself to, to the crafts. Uh, there's a lot of sacrifice. There's been a lot of sacrifice made in my life. Um, and that includes with my kids who are now 22 and 19, you know, with me, with, uh, with that star, uh, reporter allegedly ascending middle of my career and, um, and just recognizing the way to treat people mm -hmm. and, um, and that, you know, you don't have to be ruthless or cold blooded to get where you want to go. God's going to put you there if you're supposed to be there. And if you're not supposed to be there in, in my life, you know, where Christianity is everything, well, then I accept it, even if I don't understand the purpose. Mm -hmm. So you know, I think it's a stick to a work ethic. And um, I just know that I'm different than a lot of people. Absolutely. Personally and professionally. And that's how God made me. I don't try to be that way. That's just me. Mm. So when I chat with people about getting into broadcasting, one of the first two or three things I tell them is you need to be different while being yourself. And, and you have to craft that and hone that and and recognize what people like and amplify it and respect if there are things that program directors executive producers of the vikings radio network bosses at canterbury where i call races if um if there are things that they don't like well you know given pride is the root of all evil you, you can chat about it but sure. don't you know be so hard-headed that you're not willing to change we had a conversation before we jumped on here. Everyone knows I'm a diehard Viking fan. Me and my dad are close. We're best friends. We talk for like two hours. Uh -huh. Like, what is going on? This is not <laughs> supposed to happen. That's great. Complete 180 from last year and every year. I get a, a bunch of these messages on Twitter. Yo, you're play-by-play -play announcer, Paul Allen. I wasn't even on Twitter. I see this video of you. And to Vikings fans, like, I'm just like, yeah, like, that's that's PA. Like, that's what that's what he is. Like, this isn't any surprise. Uh, but to the right. world, I'm glad you said that, by the way, people. Yeah. People don't know you have that reaction. Right. So when you <laughs> first great. saw this, yeah. uh, first, I'm not supposed to do the three questions in one, but your reaction to it <laughs> while you were uh, live 
broadcasting it? Did you know this was going to be a big thing? And then some of the big names that reached out, how cool was that? Yeah, I mean, I've never, what people saw in that two-minute video that the Vikings put out, and after the Vikings win, there's always a camera in the booth, and I always forget there's a camera in the booth, which is actually a good thing. Good answer. Um, So therefore, no, I had absolutely no idea what uh, Zach Royce who works with social media with the Minnesota Vikings, what he was going to do with this. You know, he'll come up after wins before I'm leaving and he'll go, which touchdown call did you like? You know, and then so he'll look through them and then he'll send a few to me and we'll come together with what goes out on social media at Vikings. Sure. Uh, This was different because there was so much. So we put together a little two minute montage. And um, but, you know, when I say I'm glad you said what you said, this is my 21st season calling Vikings games. Uh, It's my first play by play job at any level. Like I told you, I auditioned for a National Football League job and I won. And, um, you know, that's with no college experience. So, you know, the, the path God has put me on has has been unique. Um, But I recognize that and I don't fight a lot of things with it. I just again, I am me and this is how God wired me. So Mm. for you to see me in that video go, you lucky suckers. Okay. (laughs) well, I can't say I've ever crossed my arms and like looked at a play and said, you lucky suckers. Um, But metaphorically or symbolically, that's how I call games, whether you like it or not. That's who I that's me and who I have been. So the game was so dramatic and emotional. A lot of things obviously came out. You got Jefferson making out-of-body catches. We're a 95% loser when Josh Allen drops the ball at the goal line. Uh, here I am, binoculars. It's all the way down there as they go at, uh, at the, where Buffalo plays. So, you know, we can't see it. And then all of a sudden, wow, you saw it. I mean, myself, Gabe Henderson to my right, Vikings Entertainment Network, he's the road statistician and helps us a lot. Pete Bursage, the analyst, is right. I mean, we all went nuts because that's the type of day it was. So when the game was over, Zach and I didn't chat about, you know, like, like what are we going to put out there? Because I could tell on the bus ride to the airport and subsequently the, the flight home that his mind was spinning. Um, uh, because there are NFL rules as to how many, and maybe it's like this in the NBA, how many videos a team can put out a week. Sure. All right. So instead of violating that, we just took like four of them and made it all one. And, you know, it was, uh, it was Wednesday after the game that, that everything started to get big. I just got right now I'm at twin cities orthopedics performance center. Uh, this is the, uh, the radio studio as part of a TV studio and a big conglomerate. And I do my radio show here every Wednesday. So nearing the end of my radio show a couple of weeks ago, people started coming up to me like 1130, 1145, going like, you know, have you looked at Twitter? Have you looked at Twitter? Well, I hadn't. And um, and so then from that moment on, uh, when I found a tweet, a very, very nice tweet put out by Pat McAfee, former punter for the Indianapolis Colts. And, Big time and a, lot, a lot of this, Stephen, is the way these luminaries were phrasing their tweets. So like, I'm not offended at all. If Pat McAfee's like, how have I not known this guy forever? Okay. That's cool. But then all the nice things he wrote after that barstool sports and the nice things they wrote now with barstool, I'm a year and change removed from, I think it was them putting my face on social media with a clown nose the Arizona. because of a Greg Joseph yep. kick Yep. that I butchered week two of the 2021 season. Yep. And it's the it's the only botched game-winning type call that I've ever had in my career. And that's okay. I guess it's going to happen. 
But nevertheless, a lot of the same entities that were rhapsodizing me and pointing me out, you know, a year and change ago, I was like, who's this? This guy sucks. I mean, look at those eyebrows. My God, he has three chins. Is he Michael McDonald or Jay Leno? Uh, you know, so I was getting a lot of that, but that was okay too. Um, so I could, I could sense it building. And um, that Wednesday, um, yeah, that Wednesday was difficult for me. And it was difficult for me because I don't, well, what was difficult was I'm, you know, I'm not one, believe it or not, that, that really likes to bring the attention to me with having these jobs that I have and the Twitter following that I have. And, and, and specifically in, in a state like this, a habit state, um, you know, I'm cool. I love doing my jobs to give you and your dad and other people diversions from Miami Heat basketball, whatever, <laughs> whatever's getting after dad. Low you know, blow. He wants, he wants a diversion and, and he wants to hear the Absolutely. energy and, and uh, the passion and, you know, the, the ups and the downs and the anxiety that I can give listeners to. So it was just all happening so fast. I gained like probably two, three, four thousand Twitter followers in about a half hour. Um, I was getting a lot of texts and a lot of calls. I sat in a grocery store parking lot for about an hour, just kind of watching it all happen. And, and it's my initial thought was that I'm pulling attention from the team. I didn't like that. Okay. Because that win was so dramatic and the record is so good that I didn't really want to pull attention from the team the way it was being pulled. I mean, sure. it is the most viral, intense, uh, positively or negatively, uh, fire that has ever happened in my career. Minneapolis Miracle wasn't this big, 2009 with Brett Favre, NFC title game, all the way back to my second year without Twitter, 2003. No, no, uh, the Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs, which really was like, like a first call that people caught on to. Yep. None of it was this close. It just continued throughout the day. Um, and um, so I was very uncomfortable with it. Went to bed, woke up at four in the morning, uh, which I usually get up around 5.30, radio shows nine to noon central. And um, and I opened my computer and I looked at Twitter and, and there's a LeBron James tweet. Insane, insane. Saying Paul Allen is a national treasure. Now, I mean, I, I just stared at it and, you know. Did you think it was fake? Well, say, well, yeah, I checked for about five minutes, but then I saw 54 and a half million followers. And I knew it wasn't. And, um, you know, whether it's the my life with the Bible, Christianity, humility or any of that, I'm, I'm not one who's going to be like, and God spake to me and I heard God or and this vapor appeared in front of me. I'm yep. not that guy, but I'm quiet a lot. I'm a lot more quiet than people would think when I'm away from a microphone and, and, I, and I think a lot. And what came to my heart was, was the way I acted Wednesday was wrong. Um, I should have respect and reverence for the positive attention that was coming my way and coming the way of the team. So it took me a good 30 to 40 hours to really understand the totality of what had happened. And it is immense. It is absolutely immense. We know how much emotion you call with these games. We just talked about it. You mm -hmm. think if you called the Vikings Super Bowl, you'd cry if we won? Man, uh, I've only cried one time uh, in my professional career, and that was after we lost the NFC title game in 09 at New Orleans. Saints on my cheated. birthday. I was on your birthday, too? January 24th. Yep. So what? I mean, how old were you? Like eight? No, no. That was 12 or 13. 2009 so was 2009. sixth grade. That was one of oh, the okay. greatest 
seasons ever with Favre. Uh, my dad. This isn't about me, though. This is about no, PA. no, but uh, you know what? It's it's a lot of people, whether it's in this setting or people I've run into are like, what's your favorite call? You know, I get that a lot. And that's cool. And then they'll immediately jump to Minneapolis Miracle, right? It was such a, a just a surreal, unbelievable moment uh, beating the Saints at home in 2017. And and but that but that that may be my favorite call, like most fun. But the most memorable professional moment I've ever had in my life was the entire 2009 NFC title game. Working around Brett Favre the entire season was unbelievable. I mean, I was actually nervous around him because he's just so iconic yep. and probably had 20 minutes of conversation with him the whole year. Uh, yet after that game, um, because it was just so emotional, he's hugging Adrian Peterson, who was in his second year, Percy Harvin, who was a rookie, Sidney Rice in his second year, and they all teared up a little bit. So then I got the courage to walk up to Brett and say in my two, uh, whatever, eight years of nine years of calling Vikings football, you are the single greatest, most impactful football player I've ever been around in my life. And I really hope you come back next year. And he embraced me and like pulled me close to him. And, and yeah, I, I mean, it was one of those shoulder shakes. I mean, I really melted down right there. If they won the Super Bowl, would I cry? I don't know. I don't even, I'm not one to like script or write down calls or anything. I don't even know if, if, if I would have like a signature line at the end of that. I would just kind of let God guide me to to where it's supposed to be. Yep. And this head coach Kevin O'Connell and his new staff, man. I mean, it's changed you know, I'm an old dog who like I'm an old dog who likes new tricks. And Mike Zimmer and I, you know, we're we're really good friends when he was here. So I'm not speaking negatively or or like gossiping about the previous situation. But February through let's say August training camp. I heard so many things about that I just had never heard and languages that just had not been spoken in my first 20 years here. And it's not like it was in one ear out the other, or I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm not like that. I just sat back and watched and watched and watched and watched. Well, it took me about four games into the season to recognize almost everything everybody said is coming to pass. And it's important. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm so bitten by this job right now. And honestly, that, that was not the case the last few years. I called a couple of Minnesota wild hockey games and I really enjoyed myself. And I thought to myself, you know what, if anything ever happens here, there, or anywhere, I could call in the NHL or the NBA and have as much fun as I have my first 20 with the Vikings. And I don't care where people think my lot in life is in like the hierarchy or lineage of Vikings announcers. That's, I know that, you know, I auditioned for the job. I won it. And I feel like I've done a good job for two decades. So if I'm done, I'm done. Um, but things have changed with me, uh, not just because of the 10 and two, uh, simply because of the atmosphere and the aura. And it's just, but that, that plays into broadcasting too, because, you're at your best when you're at your happiest. Yep. Um, and, and there's a grind to it, man, where, you know, for you or for people who want, and you're ascending. Okay. So you're at a great spot right Thank now, you. but there's an ascension. And if there's not an ascension, guess what? That's okay too. Don't fight it. But nevertheless, I just, you know, I've been reading up a little on you. You know, I, I, I can tell that, that you want your career it's it's ascending and that's beautiful. I had no idea mine was because middle of my thirties, man, I'm dead broke and I'm calling races all over the country and, and I've never done radio, never done play by play. And then all of a sudden now I got a 25 year sports talk show, radio career, 21 in the NFL and 20 and 30 calling horse races. Unbelievable. Um, so again, you know, that just, uh, when I look back at the whole thing, Steven, 
it, it's it's abundantly clear to me that God built this following, gave me these eloquent speaking skills and confidence to do stuff like this for this part of my life. Big thanks to Paul Allen for joining me. Very exciting uh, and really cool for me, obviously, as a longtime Viking fan to have PA on the show is something that uh, I will not forget. So I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. We will talk to you next Thursday here on the Sports Talkers podcast. We're going to keep banging these out. We're getting even better guests every single week. We're trying to get the best possible guests for you guys. So we will keep you obviously in the loop. We like to make announcements the day before the podcast to keep you guys on your toes. But have a great weekend. Go Argentina. And we will talk to you next Thursday here on the Sports Talkers podcast.